What the hell? What the hell? What the hell is up? What the? Hi, my name is Claire and I'm here to chat with artists, creators, and inspired folks about passion and their visions for success on an earth that's melting. We'll talk about identity, creativity, community, and how art can cultivate healing and change. Along the way, you'll hear music from rising indie artists. I believe the art is meant to connect us. When we listen, respond, and create, we connect and have the power to make change, even while living on this chaotic earth. So what the hell is up with you? Hello, stars. Welcome back to the podcast. What the hell is up? If you're like me, you've been majorly struggling to focus this week, Um, but a few happenings I'm looking forward to this month are giving me hope and an energy of dreaming to power me through, and I'm very excited to be rooting into sad lesbian music in today's podcast, but more on that in a minute. As for this month's happenings, on March 16th, I'll be having my debut burlesque show at the Three Clubs in Hollywood. This show is put on by Miss Marquez's Fabulous Empowerment in Heels community, which is an entourage of sexy bad bitches from a variety of dance backgrounds. I'm debuting as Claire DeLune and would love to see you there. More relevant for the podcast specifically, though, is the fact that Pan Pan and I will be hosting a show at the Goldfish on March 18th alongside Weird Sister Records. I'm really excited to present Lola Rice, Girlfriend on the Moon, and Autumnal, three cute, vibey bands that I will be presenting as MC and sharing podcast-inspired tidbits along the way. Doors open at 4 p.m. at the Goldfish, and the show will start at 5. I will link the burlesque show and the Goldfish show in the podcast notes. If you're able to come to the show at the Goldfish, I would love to say hi and connect with you, and would be so jazzed to see you there. Speaking of Girlfriend on the Moon, I'm so excited to introduce my first feature here in LA. Girlfriend on the Moon is comprised of keyboardist and vocalist guitarist Tess Musick, drummer Gabriella Truturo, and bassist Corey Robbins. The group writes songs touching on queer love, heartache, and navigating the world with their intersecting fluid identities. I encountered them on Instagram and fell in love with their EP Killer which was released in October of 2022. I knew that I'd like to feature them once I got settled here in LA. I'm very excited to share this episode, which was filled with laughter and reflection on the plights of being gay in a city that can be kind of big and scary, though fabulous and also very gay. Here's what happens when a group of queers gather to chat in my cozy podcast studio here in LA. You'll hear songs from their EP Killer throughout the episode. Some is sad, some is funny. It feels like a necessary catharsis in a time when our rights as LGBTQ people are constantly being threatened, especially the safety and thriving of those of us who are trans in the community. Listen in, stars. I hope you enjoy the vulnerability on queerness and rooting into sad lesbian music with us. I would like to note, though, that um, some of these topics touch on queer heartbreak, 
uh, trauma with coming out and I just want you to take care of yourself along the way if need be. And if you have a little pan pan friend, keep him nearby. I'm not great at the love and just the longing. I'm not great at the staying just belonging. vocals and rhythm guitar um yeah i'm from minnesota um yeah i've been in la for three years yeah <laughs> nailed, it. nailed it all right i'm Corey. Uh, my pronouns are she her i play bass in girlfriend on the moon and record some stuff and i am from ohio i've been here for two years now i guess yeah and that's, that's me. <laughs> that's it. And I'm Gabby. <laughs> um, my pronouns are she, her. I live in Long Beach. I was born in Long Beach, but raised in Henderson, Nevada. Um, yeah, soft, preppy, poppy, chulo. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Those are your pronouns. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Thank you for introducing yourselves. You guys are really cute. <laughs> um, okay, so I like to ask, like, what the hell is up with you as a band collective? We've kind of been chatting about that for the past, like, hour as it is. Um, everybody brought multiple drinks to this recording session. So that's really an important detail. So along with explaining what the hell is up, what are you drinking? <laughs> Um, I had a blueberry lemon soda and a, what is this, like a caramel? It's called Cloud Nine. It's I called believe. Cloud Nine. It's from the place down the street. It's like a caramel cold brew. It was I really guess. good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, oh yeah, what are you drinking? Um, I also have. This is a once hot matcha, <laughs> now a little cold, but still delicious. Not mad at the podcast host for not having a microwave at all. <laughs> Um, we were working on a new single today um and we're talking about going on tour in july so yeah planning some stuff some shows for the future Mm -hmm. writing some new stuff it's exciting yeah that's what the hell is up (laughs) pretty much (laughs) that's beautiful um yeah i also hate matcha so yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm. I feel like cold matcha would not be good. <laughs> Maybe you like it better. But I didn't have a microwave, so yeah, that's that's the baseline that we're starting out as. <laughs> I'm falling asleep, but thinking about anything but 
As I observed the visual world created by Girlfriend on the Moon, I noticed several recognizable motifs. The band's name, of course, struck my fancy for its, connect its connection to that which is above, being the moon, and the girlfriend bit was charming since I also want a girlfriend. The font used on their band camp and on the al album art for Killer was that old English lettering that connotes a fairy tale, yet has a slightly guarded sense of whimsy. Also on the cover art of Killer, you see a bedroom with a cat curled up on a bedspread. It feels cozy yet slightly lonely, and certainly fitting for the energy of melancholy throughout the EP. For merch, a black t-shirt features a black and white cartoon tarot card, which appears to be a version of the lovers. I asked about the inspiration behind their aesthetic choices, as well as the inspiration for their sound. founding members when we were talking about what we wanted to call the group um we jotted down a bunch of like sapphic words to be honest and we were like moon we wrote down garden flower um lavender different things like that farm. <laughs> yeah farm yeah and someone just spit out girlfriend on the moon and we were like that's great um because it also has a nice acronym um yeah that's kind of we were just trying to think of like soft sapphic words, I think. <laughs> yeah, and then with but with sound, we just kind of developed from there. I joined a little bit later, but we had already had some singles going on in direction behind that, mainly on you. I just ripped off my pinky nail oh, also no. while I've been sitting here. Love that. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of all wrote down like our musical influences, like Soccer Mommy, The Japanese House, I guess Phoebe Bridgers, oh. um, Julian Baker. Viva Duty. Yeah. We were compared to Viva Duty today, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where the sound came from. And sometimes we'll reference like, oh, we love this guitar line in that person's song. Like, how can we do something that mimics that distortion or something like that? Um, yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I love those influences you mentioned. And also, given that this is what the hell is up, I was very attracted to the fact that the moon is up. Um, so it inspires, like, kind of, I don't know, this, like, ethereal imagination about, like, what something could be, which I appreciate. So you mentioned Phoebe Bridgers, who I feel like is, like, the pinnacle of sad... Yeah. Gay girl music right now, well known, yeah. among others, but she's very important. <laughs> I was curious, like, what drew you to, like, sad lesbian music? And how did your own experiences craft that? Or, like, what importance did you see in sharing sounds from that story? Yeah, we kind of talked little about this earlier just like Phoebe Bridges definitely started a lot of it but like just being able to put more queer experiences out into the world like everybody's different people so it's nice to just 
be able to write stuff that applies to us, but, you know, still, like, be in within the same genre and be able to show people other people, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and I think a lot of queer people wrestle with a lot of symptoms of mental illness for a variety of reasons, and, like, part of that is, like, the lack of representation and also I think a lack of healthy relationship representation um and I think obviously our music doesn't contribute to the healthy relationship <laughs> thing but um I think it's there's also something to be said about community in absence of something that we're looking for because mm -hmm. if we're well if a lot of us struggle with the absence of healthy relationships and the absence of like a stable mental health. <laughs> um, I think there's also, yeah, there's, you can find community in that also. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I mean, I feel like I have a completely different point of view from you guys too, because I've been in like relationships with Melody for three years, monogamous relationship. And I feel like that's like not common in the lesbian community right now. LA especially, I guess. <laughs> um, so a lot of the stuff that they say is honestly, like, news to me. <laughs> like, even, like, musicians. I'm like, oh, I, d I have no idea who this is. Like, and they put me on. So I'm honestly just sitting here listening. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm spitting some knowledge right now. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, all about, like, saying things over the airwaves like to widespread people you know just to show like you know represent people that don't normally get it but. yeah i don't want to be just anyone i don't want to kiss and then make up i don't want to sit around and wait for you to carve out place for listening I did pick up on the like the value of examining like unhealthy relationships because I think that the scarcity mindset in like some well I've noted it in myself and also like in friends who are queer creates um yeah, just, like, unhealthy dynamics and friendships that are queer, even if they're platonic, and also, like, queer romantic relationships. And then, like, trying to find, like, well, what feels right to you? Like, is it monogamy or is it polyamory? Like, there's no guidebook. And so I feel like, I feel like right now, especially, like, Gen Z, <laughs> like, younger queers, like, I don't know, I feel like, are trying to find like a rule book or like something to kind of yeah. give like definition and meaning to like how to exist as a human with their queerness and also potentially mental illness and like 
Well, if they yeah. find it, I hope they can give me a copy. Yeah, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <an email. laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think also, like, I miss, I dated men for a while and I miss having a rule book. Even just, like, how to, like, like, your friends would never think of dating your ex. That would never happen. Okay. You're saying there needs to be a rule book for that? I, well, it's just, like, common knowledge in the straight world, I feel like. <laughs> and maybe it's just my experience, but that is definitely not my experience in the queer world. So sometimes I just miss having, like, societal scripts to play off of that we all know. Um, and, of course, obviously. It's like more simple. It's so much simpler. Tess misses rules and constrictions. <laughs> mm. Okay, my Mercury is in Capricorn, so leave me alone. I just, met, like, sometimes I'm just, like, baffled by, I'm like, I had to tell someone to not hook up with my ex? Like, I'm just like, in what world is that fine? Like, but I guess it's not fine in my world, but that doesn't mean other people's world. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Geographically, it's really different. Like, you think? Uh, yeah, I feel like, well, like, the lesbian friends that I have that are close to me, I'm like, don't date in Los Angeles. Like, that's what you need to do. Are any of them single? Just wondering. <laughs> yeah. Do they live in Long Beach, oh, though, as I'm not driving there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like LA is just like, like, what is it? That's, it's just so chaotic. Concentrated lesbians. Yeah, I Dangerous. think. Yeah. Well, everyone's so excited. Oh, I'm going to the next one for my birthday. I have my free ticket. When is that? Next week? It's like March yeah, I think, something. I think I'm going to go to the next one with some friends. But like, oh, have fun. It, it feels a little chaotic, but is that homophobic yeah. of me to think? I think if you're queer, it's not homophobic. <laughs> I just think is we're it all so excited. Is to say there are too many gay people here? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, we're also excited about like trying to rewrite all the scripts that I think we get a little carried away sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, and also like I think that like it's a given that like sexuality is a ever evolving aspect of being human that like requires discernment. And I think music can help us to like discover that. So I'm happy that you guys are, like, creating something that allows for people to, like, connect with, even if it's not, like, a rule book or a guidebook. (laughs) I don't want to fall behind Seems everyone finds truth in disguise Um, okay, speaking of that kind of chaos, <laughs> so a couple of my friends and I were talking about how, like, being queer is at the intersection of sad and funny, because, like, some experiences that I feel like I've had <laughs> and, like, my best friends have had are just, like, really off the rails and, ex- and just yeah. ridiculous, but also, like, there's a 
there's like a humor to that. Yeah. Like in kind of a catharsis and like laughing about the stuff that could be really fucking sad. Yeah. So I I'm like wondering if any of you would share like a recent story that kind of depicts that. <laughs> I feel like Tessa has a Rolodex. And you can even pull back like early 20s. I don't know how old you all are, but. We're all 26. Okay, me too. Since two days ago with my birthday. Well, we're all 26. That's funny. Yeah, so I have a story from like when I was 22. Would love to hear it. And. Because when I hear people talk about, like, the concept of U-Hauling, mm-hmm. oh, I'm like, well, I did, like, one step further than U-Hauling <laughs> because I, what? yeah, I don't even know what to call it because it's really, like, it's advanced U-Hauling, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> Part of the rule book. <laughs> yeah, add this to the rule book of things not to do. <laughs> Well, a friend of mine, she was, actually I should say they, they um, have since developed they, them pronouns or are using those. They were like a friend of mine who I had just met from another friend and I was like getting over an ex, but they had just had their housing situation fall through and they were having, they were having housing insecurity because their family didn't like have a place for them anymore and we were like part of like a close knit group of friends who would help each other out with stuff. And so I was like, I have like a very large closet. That's basically like an extra bedroom in a shared house with these like four dudes. (laughs) And I was like, Hey guys, like, would you mind if my friend moved in for a bit? And I gave them like two days notice. And then like my friend came and lived there because they didn't have a place to live. And I was like, yeah, like, if it's, you know, a few weeks, a month, like, that's totally fine. I had plenty of space. But, like, probably within, like, the second day of them being there, like, I picked up on a vibe. And I was like, they definitely have a crush on me. (laughs) And I was, like, a new nurse. So at that time in my life, like, I was really not grounded or like I mean I I had like no money and like nursing was just like my mental health was not where where we wanted it to be (laughs) um so yeah basically we ended up dating and sorry were you in the same room are you living in one room so our room their room was within my room so my room was the main room and you had to walk through it to go to their room and like we kissed and like it was really cute and fun like they're they're a guitarist because you know i had a history of dating musicians (laughs) sorry and yeah like very cute like tracy chapman-esque singer so charming always wanted to teach me how to play like their guitar and like wanted to play any song i requested and so then but like a few weeks in i was like I care about you, but you got to leave. Like, you cannot live here because this is not going to work. <laughs> um, but yeah, it eventually crashed and burned. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not longer friends. For the best. That was one of those, like, can't be friends with exes oh. stories, unfortunately. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I've been picked up from the airport three times for a first date. So, um, I would say the the most significant one was that um, I met a girl on Instagram at the beginning of the pandemic, and then five months later, I moved here to date her uh, to LA. Um, and here I am. So, <laughs> um. And it didn't work out very fast, but that's okay. Um, we got some nice songs out of it, and um, we were not even dating. We never dated. Um, we'd met one time when I flew here to meet her, and then she flew to Minnesota actually to hang out with me. But um, then I did move move here to to date her. So, you know, definitely did not work out, and that's that's for the best. It's so, funny though. It's We're a, in it's good a funny, spirits here. Yeah, we but are you also are like now making music with like cool people. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, we met up like a year after everything ended, and I said like I feel like maybe I was meant to meet you to end up here. Um. So here I am mm. making music with these guys. <laughs> so it was sweet. Definitely not in contact. So, <laughs> yeah. Why not? That's cool. Yeah. I do see her at many events, unfortunately. So, <laughs> what's she gonna do? Oh, yeah. So, way. So, way, baby. <laughs> yeah. I never did. That's why you've been spared, it sounds like. Yeah. You have been. I mean, I've definitely had some serious situations that were not. <laughs> Not fun before Melody, but I mean, I remember like getting like for the first time, like basically ghosted and it's almost like I didn't believe it because I genuinely thought like something had happened to her and I was worried about her, <laughs> which is so funny because I was like, I was probably like 20 or 21, but I was like in Reno, Nevada, like being gay is just like not the best time. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I remember I like went out with one girl and <laughs> the like... We hung out like all night, but I like didn't want to have sex with her. And then she left mad because I wouldn't have sex with what? her. And then like her ex came and picked her up from my oh. apartment. And then she never spoke to me again. And I didn't know who picked her up. So I was like, oh my God, like did she get abducted? <laughs> and so I like literally like no, was like trying to investigate and like talk to her best friend. She was like, no, like she does this all the time. And I was like, no, like something, <laughs> something <laughs> happened. She does I didn't get ghosted. Something happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> she better be dead. <laughs> no, talk girl, don't get ghosted. <laughs> so yeah. She got mad because you didn't want to fuck. Yeah, but that's really. And here I am, up. still a virgin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, that was really the best. So <laughs> she had a plan for the night and did not let you know. Yeah, what I, that plan was. So it's her fault. She left. Fuck her. I should have yeah, checked that's... the rule book before I went out with her. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I hope she's doing well. I I think she's fine. But I'm sure she had to go on her own journey. How did you learn that her ex picked her up? Her best friend after like was like texting me and was like, "No, she's like, like still pretty obsessed with her toxic ex." And I was like, "Okay." Like finally, was like, "Okay." Happens to all of us, I guess. Well, why didn't she respond to me? But she still might be have (laughs) been abducted. Yeah. Maybe they got into a car. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, it happens. Scenario here is that yeah. she's dead, actually. <laughs> yeah. Corey, anything? 
I'm trying to think of any fun stories. I mean, we all have some rough gay dating in LA stories, but I can't think of any fun stories. Oh, you've had such a hard life. Or me asking someone out and finding out you two were dating. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, happens that happens all the time. I met them so at my house at a party we had, and they were like, how do you know Corey? And I was like, wow, how do you know Corey? That, that's a great example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we've talked about enough already, a lot of lesbian circles always run into each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whether we want to or not. Yeah, I mean, before I joined the band officially, we ran into each other at a party. You and me? Do you remember that? Yeah, before we like knew each other at all. I oh went to God. a party like for no <gasps> in reason. Royal and, Heights. Yeah. I yes, I remember that. And you were like, "You're the person that's apparently in my band." Oh I was my like, God. Yeah, hi. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> I was there all ass alone, scared for my life. And oh. then you came in, the only person I you kind of knew. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. That was a nice occurrence of that. I was like, finally, somebody I know, I'm not afraid of dying at this house anymore. Oh, we could have hung out. I'm I still sorry. didn't know you, though. So. Oh. Well, here we are. Welcome, as long as I don't speak to Yeah, well, okay, so I've only been here in L.A. for, like, four months, <laughs> so I'm a little scared, <laughs> oh, no. but also I feel like I was prepped by a YouTuber. Do you guys know Jade Fox? The YouTuber? Okay. She's a really cute lesbian YouTuber who had, like, a queer dating in L.A. video. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe she should write the little book, it sounds like. <laughs> she was like, whatever you do, like, just don't take shit too seriously. And if someone makes you feel like an experiment, just consider it an experience. <laughs> wow. Mm. Setting like people up for the worst, scenario, worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. Someone's just straight up using you to experiment, then that's dissociate. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Jade Fox. So true. So true. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your stories. Yeah. I really appreciate them. I'm a contortionist, backbreaking just to fit. Love me if it serves you. Of course, queer people aren't the only humans to experience heartbreak and loss, but per these stories, queer love did seem to universally take on a different characteristic of heartbreak than anything else. I was really grateful to hear the stories of Girlfriend on the Moon, hearing the stories of the queer friends in my life who shared to me about some of the ridiculous and lovely and random experiences they have makes me feel less alone in my own quest and 
and also somehow helps me root into root into having some grace, forgiveness, and humility for myself. Please just tell me what you want from me. Girlfriend on the Moon song Mousekeeper that really stood out to me. There's this line about feeling like a nervous wreck, not even having done one's taxes. In the context of the rest of the songs on the EP, this one gave me this feeling of understanding what can I offer in love if I haven't even been able to meet these bare minimum requirements that we seem to have in society. The image of a mousekeeper made me curious too. Who was being kept? Who was the mouse? In an Instagram series where Girlfriend on the Moon shared stories behind the lyrics of their song, the original writer of Mousekeeper, Sammy Moraka, wrote how the mouse represents one's own identity. And quote, for so many people who do not fit the role that they were assigned, in this case heterosexual, there is a need to find the right label and then be able to justify it, not only to straight people, but also oftentimes to other people a part of the LGBTQI community. End quote. In an age where the internet offers us so much information about all the different labels within queer community, I think it's a blessing and also a curse to know how, to seek to know how we identify so closely, but then of course to be somewhat constrained by that and to seek to be understood by others. I asked the band members about their own takes on identity and labels as gay people in their experience and in this moment. I mean, I feel like with any kind of labels comes then restraints, but also like there's good and bad things about it. But yeah, not, I feel like during the pandemic and stuff like that, when everyone was learning a lot more about themselves on TikTok, (laughs) got to very much, a lot of people that were, you know, gay got to get a little more specific with it and figure some things out. So like, I feel like a lot of labels like have just always like set over like my head. But as I grow more, I figure out which ones I do want to apply to me and don't. And I feel like there's some of that energy in Mousekeeper of just like knowing what we're supposed to do and wanting to do it the way that we want to do it, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I see a lot of, like, very hot takes on the internet, and I'm like, it doesn't fucking, I mean, I even, that's a hot take, but I think it just doesn't fucking matter. Like, like, bisexuals can't say the word dyke, or, like, lesbians can't date trans men, or whatever, and I'm just like, have you ever just, like, left the house and, like, ever dated, ever? Like, obviously, like, it's important conversations, yeah, but I'm like, at the end of the day, like, who are you to say, like you know, this person can't say that, or that person can't identify like that. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I think we have, like, such a beautiful opportunity to, like, be a part of queer history, I think. Like, I think people get very hung up on, like, 
well, people can't say that because it really means this based on the history of it. And I'm like, I think it's cool that maybe we could change definitions of stuff and make labels fit us or not use labels or whatever, because we are also writing queer history. So I think do whatever the fuck you want is the way to go. But I know that could be a hot take, so. It's a good take. Mm-hmm. Only hot takes here. Yeah, you weren't here for the conception of Mousekeeper anyway, so... Yeah, yeah I'm not get even out really in the band. I don't know why I'm here. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't here for it either, I don't think, so... You're here for the, like, stabilizing balance. Yeah. You're here when we finally kind of have our shit together, so... Thank you. Gabby is, like, the calm oasis, but, like, that Corey and I need. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, like, you, the Gabby. calm... Well, I seemingly am calm, but, like, there's just so much anxiety inside of my body. Just but you would never know that. You never show it. Thanks for keeping it all inside, Gabby. Yeah. Someone has to. Yeah, someone has to. <laughs> it's not <laughs> us. Yeah, it's not me. So. <laughs> uh, I'm an Aquarius. I don't know. Much but I think I'm So yeah, right. You should be and you live in Long Beach. You're a lesbian who lives in Long yeah, Beach. You're basically a poster child. Yeah, you're at like, this point, Gabby. Wow, Watch out. Really convincing. Oh, what? You work at a coffee shop? Are you gonna tell me next? You lift weights or something? <laughs> I think they're bullying me now. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. We transitioned to bullying. Gabby, wait, we do, you, do you lift weights? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Wait, do you lift? Wait, you all are so adorable. <laughs> Gabby lifts. Yeah. Gabby's back. Yeah. It makes I have sense. lifted a weight. Drives for us. Yeah, I got you us. <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the picture of her girlfriend on the dashboard, literally. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. This is the perfect segue. Because <laughs> I was thinking about, like, how alongside, like, Mousekeeper. And I, th- I think I was watching some of your stories from maybe when you were on tour. And someone mentioned something about an ex being in the audience or some interaction. Oh, or in the band. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to tread lightly. <laughs> Sorry, I, I feel like I just opened it. Oh, and it was when Wait, we were at we San Francisco. Did I say it on stage? I think you said it like. On I, our I story. I ran into someone that. Post on our story. This might have been when you were drunk on stage. Maybe. Oh my god! <laughs> I ran into someone. One of the songs is about at a gay bar in San Francisco, but they live in LA, and we locked eyes, and I was like, "What?" 
what the fuck? <laughs> what are the actual oh, yeah. odds? We both did a double take and went the other way. <laughs> like <laughs> leaves the city after <laughs> making eye contact. <laughs> yeah, I know I talked about that, but I don't think I, don't think I talked about interband dating. <laughs> Gabby's remember, just trying to stir Gabby likes to stir up Get out fake here. news. <laughs> you weren't even here for my keeper. I made keeper. up. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Okay, let's bring it back to weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, but these cliches of, like, lesbian interdating or, like, astrology, beanies, carabiners, cold brew, all that <laughs> shit, um, like... I feel like some of it is, like, kind of annoying because it's like, oh, well, the only reason why certain, like, symbols or stereotypes or cliches resonate is because of, like, where we are in, in this community. Like, it, different people know different stuff. Yeah. But I guess I'm wondering, like, what do you think about those things existing and, like, young queer people, like, finding meaning within them as cultural entities yeah i mean like we talked about a little bit uh, talking about wanting rules or not wanting rules like the cliches as much as they can be good and bad like are a lot of people's rule books when they like are that's a good point yeah so like even though there aren't rules like there's i don't know the funny way that lesbians have drinks and stuff like that that can at least make a new queer person be like i do that i'm gay that makes me happy Super sad and dramatic. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like also, good to like, be connected on fun things. <laughs> <laughs> and I will not. It will not change that. Though. I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like when I first came out, I definitely found a lot of solace and stuff like that. But not to say I've evolved or anything. Like I, I feel like it. It stopped being like a form of connection to the community. Like once I settled into my own queer identity, and I don't feel like I need to connect with other people over our love of cold brew or like Subarus. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. The new stereotype is trauma based. Yeah, a lot of it is based on mental health. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, stuff. it can be now. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a little more serious part of it, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that's always, like, a great thing. Also, I mean, that's another, re- like, we've tried writing happy songs because it's not always sad. It's not usually sad to be gay. <laughs> um, I guess that depends, but, like, um, I really lost my train of thought. What were you just saying? Oh, oh yeah. I, I agree. I think, though, like, I think also as silly as, like, the cliches and stereotypes are, I think they kind of provide a sense of, like, again, like, humor mm-hmm. about it and, like, maybe a silliness yeah. that, like, hopefully counteracts the, like, burden of oppression that certain folks have faced and, like, the difficulty that it is to, like, not be accepted by your family or, like, yeah. not be able to come out at work or not have had music that resonates with your experience because of, like, where you grew up in the country. So I think that's why, like, I think there is still kind of value in it, even though it's kind of stupid. Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, there's also, like, this connection between queerness and astrology for reasons I don't 
really know. Like, I don't know what the history is there in the connection. But I noticed that you have a tarot card on one of your t-shirts for your merch, which is really, really cute. But it seems like y'all do subscribe maybe to a connection there. So what is it? We talked about it in the car a little bit. (laughs) Um, I mean... We're gay. Who doesn't love some tarot? That's kind of the only answer we came to. It's the the lovers card, right? And we yeah. use like a specific in the nipple. The, in the nipple. <laughs> that one is really cute. What's the painting of the the women? I looked it up. It's one French. Is... I said I wasn't gonna. They're oh. sisters, apparently, which we just found out. Which yeah, makes I didn't know that part. A little but, weirder, but um, <laughs> I feel like everyone who buys a shirt though is like, but that nipple pinch. You know, like, that's just. <laughs> I also didn't realize it was a famous painting because we like we had like we hired someone to create the design and we just kind of threw out some like ideas and they put an incredible design together. Um, but I hadn't even seen that painting before and I thought that they had like come up with that. I was like, this is insane. I love this concept. Like, <laughs> and then I saw the painting and I was like, regardless, this is insane. Love the concept. Um, yeah, I, I think another former member had suggested it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we were very down and on board. Yeah, because there's also like the like the moon tarot card. There's the lovers. I think it's just like a nice icon of yeah. He's super gay. Yeah, it represents our <laughs> gay band pretty well for our merch, at least. Yeah, the audience might resonate then also. Yes, well, I resonate as <laughs> uh, as a tarot card gal. Um, me and my best friend like love to do tarot together and like it's fun because people who haven't done it like ask me about it and but my theory because like gay people don't have a guidebook or rule book of like dating norms as much as straight people um, I feel like tarot kind of like it also helps like make meaning out of stuff and like provide like ideas about the future and I think too like if like you're not out yet or if you have struggled with like unhealthy relationships and like have this sense of wondering like will I ever find stability within like also being gay I feel like stuff like that provides like solace yeah and a sense of like, well, maybe the future could be hopeful or like wanting to know the future because there's no guidebook or like script of what's next in life. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember being 15 and being like, please, like, I didn't even believe in God at that time, but I was like, please do not make me gay. Please make this not real. Like, yeah. So I would have loved to have the internet be the way it is now mm-hmm. 10 years ago yeah. um because that felt bad and hopeless and lonely <laughs> yeah good to have more queer people out there telling their yeah. stories and making it seem like there is any future at all because yeah definitely like back when growing up it very much felt like like i just don't know if gay people exist and literally like, i don't yeah. know if that's me but i don't want to find out yet and then yeah eventually <laughs> didn't know but, any gay people yeah. i definitely was the only gay girl i knew 
Like, yeah, like I remember seeing an article in like that Girls Life magazine. Did you guys ever read that? It was for like preteen girls. And it was like, do I have a crush on my friend or is this just friendship or something? And my friends were like, I don't even want to touch that magazine. (laughs) That like they didn't even want to touch the physical copy. And I just remember being like, I can never tell anyone what I am feeling and I don't even know what it is. (laughs) So, yeah, just having having some sort of guidance or just like there are gay girls in the world and they're hot and cool and will love you um, would be really sick to have (laughs) at age 14. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, 14-year-old me would have definitely enjoyed greater guidance and a feeling of acceptance in my queerness and uniqueness. We all deserve that. Maybe this is my act of giving that to myself now. I next wanted to ask Girlfriend on the Moon about Play the Killer, my favorite song on the EP. First of all, the song is just beautiful, and I'm obsessed with Tess's voice here. This line of, you make the tightness go away, you make it easier to breathe, reminded me of that feeling of safety and full understanding within the queer romantic relationships that I've had. This feeling that the tightness of anxiety within me eases with this other person. But as the song goes on, it can be more complicated than that. I asked about the story behind some of these lyrics. something and then another member of the group um we just sat down and like finished writing it and she actually added the the river reference um from of mice and men um and i haven't read that in a very long time so i didn't necessarily understand the reference but um i mean i grew up next to the mississippi river and i really love water so like i'll spend a lot of time by the la river um which hardly a river in my yeah, I get, like, so the song is about, like, oh, I, I fell in love with my best friend, and it ended really fucking poorly, um, but, yeah, like, the first couple times we, like, decided that we probably shouldn't pursue it was, like, I saw how anxious they were and how bad of a time they were having, like, trying to come to terms with, like, our changing relationship, and I was like, this is not good for you, like, we should end this, and... Um, me and the other person who wrote the song were thinking about a motif of like a car accident where like you're just driving and then suddenly something happens and your car is wrecked but it's really expensive to fix it and it's kind of like well is it worth it like my car's still drivable and um, yeah so it's and you just feel fucking awful for ending the relationship and then like all the what ifs are still there so And then like trying to repair the friendship on top of that, it's like never a great time. And I feel like that's maybe like a pretty classic sapphic experience, but because it's not the first time 
fall in love with my best friend, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I think it was just like a, like me processing, like I feel like I've killed something really beautiful by telling this person that I have feelings for them and how poorly it affected our relationship and still does. So that's what that song's about. <laughs> Really Pass. Pass pan pan over. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> You'll never find my body. Call me out to your car after you leave. Is there something you wanna tell me? You make the tightness go. Part of this season of the podcast, like as I'm getting settled in LA, it's called Rooted this season. And I'm investigating like how to root in multiple ways, like root down like geographically and root in like relationships with other people and like root into my artistic identity. Like I'm just like kind of always coming back to like, okay, is this me? whenever I'm doing something. And I think, cause I was trying to like figure out um, like how to find stability within myself and also create something that was very like true to my values. Um, so I'm curious like how the, each of you like stay rooted in who you are and like artistically. Wow, well, that is a good question. Let me pull out my journal. <laughs> See you next week when I have the answer. <laughs> um, because I also think that, like, creating anything requires, like, introspection and requires, like, 
honesty with oneself because otherwise like how well okay maybe not everyone does that but I like perceive that what you're creating has like a vulnerability to it that kind of requires that so how do you get into that space like in yourselves and maybe together even um I mean there are so many things I could say um I guess like in terms of like rooting into myself um and like also talking about labels and stuff like I super identify as femme um even though I don't necessarily always present that way but like in on the inside like I don't know if you've seen that meme of like high femme to like stone butch I feel like a one on the inside like a hot pink (laughs) even if I don't always look that way um and that like and that also goes back to like the like getting to like rewrite scripts and like redefine labels like I think femme can be whatever I want it to be so like when I need to like root back into myself I'm like this this is gonna sound so stupid I'll be like femmes pick up their clothes and then I <laughs> I'll hang up my clothes because I'm like that's what a femme does and that that is <laughs> stupid like that has nothing to do with yeah, like housewife <laughs> nothing to do with like housewife clean vibes it's just like i'll be like femmes like communicate how they feel Mm because i don't want to do that ever um or i'll just like i'll be like i struggle a lot with feeling like a really shitty person so just like i don't i don't know like trying to surround myself with things that make me feel less like a shitty person like sparkly things which isn't I don't know I don't even know how to describe it I'm like femmes have sparkly things and also makes me happy and yeah I don't know (laughs) yeah I've definitely I feel like with from when I came out as trans like what two years ago whatever I've been like definitely wrestling with whatever the fuck I'm identifying myself as and how I'm dressing and stuff. And all trans girls at the beginning get fucked up with what clothes they should or shouldn't be wearing. But definitely rooting myself more since I've been here for a bit. I'm feeling a little bit more like myself and not that I'm like trying to fit into boxes that are being like put, I'm being pushed into, but I feel like I can be more myself around like people I work with, band, relationships, Stuff like that. Because even though, like, coming out as trans defined a lot for me and, like, was something I thought about a lot, like, I still didn't know what it meant to me. Like, what we were, I guess, talking about earlier with labels. But, yeah, now that some time has passed, I definitely feel a little more comfortable and rooted in who I am and not just rooted in being trans, I guess. Even though Uh I definitely am. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah. That's what I had up. Yeah. <laughs> <Ditto>. <laughs> so true. Um, I feel like for me, like when I feel my truest self, it's with my like close knit family. Like all of my sisters, like I'm always just like a hundred percent Gabby when I'm with them. And it's like if I ever forget, you know. If I feel like I'm pretending when I'm around them, it's just like, okay, like, I'm not, like, this is actually me. And 
like an all of me, not just like that I'm a she, her, or, you know, I don't know, I dress like a little boy or something. Like, <laughs> it's been a lot of that back and forth in my head. I feel like with like knowing about um, just my identity, like depending on who I'm with versus like when I'm alone and stuff. It's a lot sometimes for me to handle, but um, I feel like just being alone too. Like I've lived alone before and lived away from my family and just with Melody, and that's really like now I'm like a lot more secure. Like not all the way there, obviously, <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't know. There is a lot of introspection. Like it's exhausting, actually. <laughs> But my family helps a lot, and friends, and doing things I love, like lifting huge weights. (laughs) (laughs) Really, just like I'm like, yeah, this is me. This is me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, like throw me another challenge. Like, yeah, I'm bored. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Number one is like my family. Like that's Mm -hmm. what helps me. And like thinking about my dad and my mom and like me as a little baby, I guess. You know, it helps. In our child. Yeah. So yeah. sweet. Think about in a child. Yeah. That's that's really beautiful. I love your answers. They're like really inspiring to me. And I'm excited for you all to like keep rooting into those things so that you can create together. I'm curious what the hell is up next. For girlfriend on the moon slash um do you have any things you want to share about the band that haven't been mentioned yet um i mean i think line. you just said no, it I so you're gonna manifest it, it. Yeah. <laughs> what oh yeah okay <laughs> but yeah what are you hoping to see emerge and um, what do you want to do you want to do? Well, we're putting out our single in June with a music video, mm-hmm. and then tentatively, d- sure, tentative, ten- no, <laughs> don't be announcing sure. hard deadlines it's right now. For sure, <laughs> we're, really we're manifesting it, and then we're playing the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, then we're going on tour. Well, I'm going to speak it. We're going on tour in July. And then <laughs> we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, we're putting out a single and then we're going on tour at some point. We have a hopeful dates, this year. Um, this year. Yeah. And then. Yeah. We have a couple more shows coming up in the yes. future that yeah. are confirmed. Yep. And they are on the days of. Um, we have one March 18th. March 18th. Um, at the. Goldfish. Goldfish. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Matt lives over here. Um, we have one that's in the process of being confirmed in late April. Um, we have a couple more in May that haven't been announced yet. But um, yeah, we're excited because we've taken a couple months off from doing like anything. So we're excited to. And you. And I went to Mexico for a month, so <laughs> we're we're excited to to get started again. Yeah. That's really exciting. Um, well, we'll look forward to hearing about tour dates and locations and such. And I know that you can be found on Bandcamp mm-hmm. and on Instagram. Um, what's your handle? 
<laughs> no, that's your personal. Yeah. yeah, yeah sorry, if you want to see the lifting content. Yeah, yeah. yeah the lifting. See my lifting videos. <laughs> yeah, all of our social media is GF on the moon. GF on the moon. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. I made us a Facebook that we are super active on, actually. So. I'm sure. Um, and LinkedIn as well. Yeah. I, I post about us on my LinkedIn. So. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Me too. I'm self-employed as a social media manager. That's my only job. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, any anything else like you want listeners to like know or anything you want to leave them with? Happy birthday was two days ago. Everybody yeah. wish happy Corey. Happy Corey wow. Day. Happy Corey Day. <laughs> happy Corey Day of Corey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not alone. Yeah. Oh. Always loved. <laughs> yes, always loved. Yeah. Thank you so much for That's having us. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Um, I appreciate you. This has been lovely. Y'all are so adorable. So, <laughs> this has been What the Hell is Up. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much to Tess, Gabby, and Corey from Girlfriend on the Moon. I had so much fun hosting y'all in my podcast studio, and I will always be rooting for you. I am so excited for the show on March 18th. If you're in Los Angeles and you want to come out to the Goldfish, Girlfriend on the Moon will be playing with Autumnal and Lola Rice being hosted by What the Hell is Up podcast, so maybe I'll see you there. But if not, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. You heard songs from Girlfriend on the Moon's EP Killer, which you can find on Bandcamp or other streaming platforms. Um, check them out. Follow their music. They're gonna be, they're gonna keep on making lovely stuff. And I hope that today's episode encouraged you to root into who you authentically are notice your story and feel less alone in it. I love you so much and I'll see you later stars. This has been What the Hell is Up.